Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And our guest today is actually a listener of the show who found me and wrote me on Facebook with a story to share about her, her husband, her daughters, her life, and her loss, and where she is today. So coming to us from Hawaii is the beautiful Courtney Horn. Courtney, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Where are you on in Hawaii? I'm on the Big Island. On the Big Island. In Waimea. Ah, I have not been there. Been to Hawaii, to Maui. We call it, we call it God's country. Oh, it must be. I've seen pictures and movies. Yeah. Uh, always been there? Yeah. And yeah, I, we're born and raised here. Oh, very nice. I have to confess, I've got a little bit of a cold, so every so often I might mute to cough, and i got a cup of tea here, but if I go quiet, just know I'm coughing, but I'll be right back, so no worries there. But, okay. Courtney, uh, where does your story begin? That yeah, I know you've been through a lot, and you say it's a long story, but we've got all the time in the world. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family and, and what happened? So my family and I, we felt like we were at the top of the world. My husband and I have been together for over 20 years. Three beautiful daughters. Our oldest one is heading off to college from Hawaii to New Mexico. And this child was amazing. She was so smart and beautiful and had the whole world in the palm of her hands. And when we took her off to college last year in August, I felt like my world ended. And I prepared myself, I read every book. I talked to other parents that had sent their kids off. I had my list ready and I checked it and everything. And But when I physically left her there, I felt like someone died. And I actually told everyone I spoke to, I said, I don't think it's supposed to feel like this. I feel like she's going to be gone forever. And I know she's just over the ocean. So I had this incredible feeling on me the entire time that she had to call me and check in every day. And she would get so upset. Mom, why do I have to call you every day? My friends never have to check in. But I told her, if something ever happened to you, I need to know where you're at. And so she did. Every single day of her entire life, I spoke to her. Every day in college, she called. And in February, she called me on the 12th. And she said, Mom, I don't like college. I'm ready to come home. And I told her, honey, just say the word. I'll book your ticket. And two days later, she was gone forever. And, you know, in the physical world. Um on February 15th, I didn't hear from her. I spoke to her on the 14th. On the 15th, I didn't hear from her. But I had this amazing sense that someone was there with me. I could feel an energy with me. I knew she was gone before anyone else did. I called the school and I told them to look for her. And this school told me, she's 18, we can't force her to call. And I told him something is really wrong with my daughter. And if she was able to call, she would have called me by now. Um, at that at that time, they connected me to the police. And they told me that they would check her dorm, but they couldn't force her to call me. So I told him I would wait for their call back. I went outside and I hugged my husband and I told him, he said, babe, something is really wrong with Caleb. He needs to stay home with me today. And at that exact moment the police called and told me that she had passed away she had committed suicide inside of her dorm room i'm so sorry yeah it was i don't know how i knew a lot of people tell me it's that connection between a mother and a child mm-hmm. but i truly believe after listening to all of your your podcasts and reading all of the books and everything that my spirit knew that she, that she was going to stay there 
you know, it was devastation. Like, it, w- it truly was when I left her. It felt like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And I cried the exact same way when the police called me and told me she was gone. Wow. But since then, she's given me amazing signs time and time again from from the very first night. You know, I, I woke up early in the morning and to, to someone slamming my door and yelling, Mom. And I was so tired. You don't sleep that first night. You're so exhausted. I just yelled, what? And I looked up and there was no one there. So I'm running around my house. One, one of my girls was sleeping. The other one was at the grocery store. No one could have called my name. I had um, teachers, random people, but her teacher con- contacted me the day after she passed saying that she had a dream that my daughter had died prior to even knowing for sure that she was gone. Interesting. A lady I never met. Yeah, a lady I never mm-hmm. met before. Um, constantly for years prior, I would see the numbers one, two, three, four, to the point where I thought it was my lucky numbers. I went to Vegas several times to play those numbers. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was going to get lucky. Sure. But... um since her passing, still continuously see it, but it's always at moments when I need it the most. You know, for instance, when the mortuary picked up her body, they called me and it was 1234. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's just, I guess, that extra comfort yes. that's still around, that, that we we don't die. You know, and um, we had her sent over from from New Mexico and the outpouring from our community and our friends and our loved ones, you know, carried us in the most immense way. But also three days after she passed, someone sent us to see a healer. He said it might help us, you know, and I didn't know what we were going to expect and we could feel the energy. And since her passing, I can, I can feel energy for some reason. Um, And she was there. And gave us a lot of answers to to the questions that we had because of suicide. Because this kid was so happy. I mean, she was she truly was an amazing girl. Um, Do you mind if I ask what kind of answers? Because I I know you know there's a lot of listeners of this show who have lost children to suicide. Yeah. And, and if there's anything you feel appropriate that you can share, for instance. Um, she wanted to go back to her body. She didn't know she was gone. She was asking, it was so soon as three days after, but she was asking if she could please go back to her body. And, and of course, we know that that's impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, she told us the circumstances around the suicide. It was heartbreak. And um, here on the island, our, our family bases are more of a long-term thing. It's not, it's not like my husband and I've been together 20 years. His brother, you know, is 18, 15. We're all together long term. Mm-hmm. And so my child has only seen happily ever after. And so when she met this boy, she thought that that that's the one. She never knew anger. And that's why we were totally blindsided. She and I only got into maybe three or four fights her entire life. And, um, it was a it was a total surprise because researching suicide and stuff after the fact, you always look for signs, you know, or you beat yourself up on what right. you missed. And um, and with her it was it was a sponta- spontaneous um, decision that she regretted, but also she told us that she was beautiful and she was glowing and all of those ideas that if you commit suicide you're stuck or you're not accepted or you're not you know all of those ideas went right out the window this child was still full of light you know and and truly comforted us um so one thing that she did do that really stood out was she gave everyone gifts I, I didn't get one, but <laughs> but she gave everyone that was there. My husband, my sister, my best friend gave them gifts. And my husband, 
she came up to him and she gave him ha, which in Hawaii is a breath of life. And when she went up to him, you know, you can't physically see her, but we could physically see him. And when she went up to him and gave her his her breath, he literally like almost lifted off the ground. His body just lifted and you could see him taking it in. And it's so important, you know, in the later part of our journey. Mm. Um, so we've had constant communication with her, you know, not just um, feelings, but, you know, songs. For some reason, the song Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, <laughs> kept playing in my head, which, yeah, <laughs> a really weird one. But, <laughs> but when you listen to the lyrics, it was exactly like my child. You know, and it it really helped me heal. She just passed this past February. Um, Not long at all. Yeah. Not long at all. We got lots of feathers. (laughs) Oh, I can't help but think just um, the relationship you had as a family and having so much love. Uh, one thing I talk about when I talk about grief is, you know, it's not just the the death of a loved one. It can be a relationship. And um, I know of it. I can just imagine that to not never know like the possibility of that and being so in love, which I'm guessing she was with this boy. And then to have that end, that was intense grief for her. And, you mm-hmm. know, grief has you not thinking straight. I mean, we lose a whole bunch of our brain chemistry and our it's like our world gets turned upside down. So I can get it that that's what she was going through. And then also it's very comforting because it's always a fear with, there's this, so much has been said in the past that uh, suicide is wrong and bad and, you know, people worry about what happens to their loved ones. And I have, you know, interviewed a ton of people and talked to many more and read so much that those who take their own lives just, um, you know, they just deserve compassion and they're greeted by loving arms. Uh, they're surrounded by love. And, you know, they're not made wrong. Um, all of that. So I really appreciate you saying those things about your daughter. Yeah, and and she was 18. And so at that point in your life, your brain is not fully developed either. Correct. You know, and you don't have that emotional capacity or or life skills and knowledge to learn how to deal with, with certain things. And that's why, you know, we have these bumps in the road so that we can learn from it. And, you, you know, you take direction from it and they're incapable you know, physically incapable of dealing with it at some times in their lives. Yes. You know, and then we beat ourselves up because we were, you know, maybe if we let her have boyfriends in high school, maybe if we did this, maybe if we did that, but that's what suicide does. You know, suicide does that to us and takes us on that journey. And she was there so instantly that it comforted us throughout the process. Yeah, it had to, especially getting signs, you know, and it's interesting because um, to a skeptical mind, you know, they might say, oh, you know, a feather or a coin, that much might just be a coincidence, but Mm -hmm. it's those subtle things and it's you're still being able to communicate with your daughter and ask for signs and things happening. Uh, So would you tell us some of the other signs? Tell us about the feathers. Yeah, and so with the feathers, it's so funny because my best friend got a feather and everybody told us, you know, watch for those. We're like, it's not that significant. But she had a beautiful feather and it was gray and white. It was Chevron. Texted it to me and she sent me a picture. And I was like, wow, that's really nice. But I don't know if that's from Caleb. You know, it's just a feather. Um, At the same time, I had a friend visiting me and she had also lost her son to suicide. And I was telling her about the signs that we got. And I said, everyone that loved her has gotten something. And she was like, well, I'm not sure. My son gave me some, but not a lot. She left that day and she felt, you know, comforted by our meeting. 
But immediately the next morning, she took her kids to school and her car was shut up. There was no windows open, no doors, nothing. She walked the kids to class and she came back into her car and there was a matching feather to my friend's feather sitting on top of her chair. Oh, wow. And this, <laughs> yeah, and this lady like messaged me and totally documented, drove all the way up to my house holding that feather in her hand. You know, and it wasn't just comforting for me. It was comforting to her. She had lost her son. Yes. Um, with Caleb, she had to have beautiful eyelashes, these, those silly fake eyelashes that you glue on your face. Mm-hmm. And everyone told me when we do her viewing, you have to have her eyelashes. So I was like, okay, I guess we'll do that. My best friend and I went to Walmart. And we could find the eyelashes, but we couldn't find the glue anywhere. Okay. So I asked the lady, and she was like, go to Target. You can pick it up there. I said, well, you don't have time. We grabbed nail glue, which is super glue. Mm-hmm. And her face was horrified. She was like, you cannot put that on your face. She doesn't know we're putting it on a body. And so my friend was like, Court, I'm not telling anyone if you don't want to tell anyone. And I was like, I'm telling everyone. This is pretty funny. So we put it on her. She looked absolutely gorgeous I mean like perfect angel and um one month later I went to service my car they dropped me off at Target as I was loading up the cart I saw something stuck under the child's seat pulled it out and it was her eyelash glue the exact brand that was her favorite brand I don't know how you know those things happen and I had so many friends trying to tell me <laughs> right yeah so many people tell me court it's just a sign from her and i was a skeptic you needed to punch me in my eye for me to believe yes um in january i had spoken to her on the phone i was cleaning out her room and i found one of her name tags from work and i called her and i was like babe i have your name tag would you like me to return it to work and she was like no the one i need has my name on it and I was like, okay. And she said, I've been looking for it for six months. You probably won't find it, mom. But if you find it, return it. And I was like, okay. A week after she passed away, my husband jumped out of bed. And it was right on the floor. He stepped on it. He came to me. He gave it to me. And I was like, babe, where did you find that? And he was like, it was right next to our bed. How did you not see it? And I was like, Caleb spent six months looking for that thing. And it was right there in clear view, right under his foot. Amazing. Amazing. She found it and put it there. (laughs) I don't know where she found it. I cleaned her whole room. We we took out everything. Well, I think we're a little bit Um, more powerful when we cross over (laughs) than here. (laughs) My most favorite story um, is one night my husband and I went over to another town and we were dropping off my uncle. And my husband has been so distraught, so heartbroken. Of course. And I just wanted to comfort him. And so as we're driving, I told him, um, Caleb is going to send us a sign tonight. And he was like, what? And I said, she's going to send us an owl. And he was like, you don't know that, but I can feel her energy. And I don't know why I even said it. But I told him, she's going to send us an owl. So we're driving along the road. 15 minutes um we see the owl out in the distance and it flew back and forth back and forth then looked at us directly in our eyes and flew right over the car how often does that happen (laughs) never never like you see an owl once in a great while but never just look at you fly right at you and not right after um, you had said that (laughs) yeah after i called it (laughs) But I told him, I was like, I told you she was going to give us a sign. And he was like, how did you know? And I could feel her. And it was such a huge moment for the two of us. We were in tears and really connected with each other. Um, A week later, my husband took a vacation to see his friend in California. And after I dropped him off at the airport, I'm driving home with my other two kids. And I told the girls, girls, Caleb's going to send us an owl tonight. And they're like, Mom, you're crazy. You just saw one last week. You're not going to see another owl. And we're driving up the road. And sitting right in the center of the road was an owl. Flew right up over the windshield. It was 11 o'clock at night. I started screaming because I didn't want to hit things. 
And they were a little upset with me. You, you called it, but you just gave us a heart attack mm-hmm. with your screaming. So I called my best friend and I was telling her I was so excited. And as I was talking to her, she started to scream on the phone. She's on the other side of the island. And I was like, what happened? And she's like, Court, the most beautiful owl flew over my car. I was like, that's so crazy. I was like, she you said that to tonight? you. <laughs> so yes. she got the owl too. Okay. Yep. I told her, you watch by the end of tonight, I'm going to see another owl. And she's like, you're being greedy. You're not going to see another owl. I said, you watch. I will. I drove all the way home and I didn't see the owl. I was so bummed. But when I got home, I live right in the center of town and there's all these streetlights. An owl would never be there. An owl flew from my house to the neighbor's house. Hmm. I love that you have such a strong connection to your daughter that you're you're getting these messages. Um, You haven't yet heard this episode, uh, but by the time I air yours, this other one will be aired. But I interviewed a woman and it was talking about... um, connecting to those people that we've loved and it just it's just reminding me of this conversation that when you have this heart connection a such a strong love uh that it it just really opens up the communication but you need to have the quiet mind and the trust to get the the messages in yeah and i don't know where that came from because I was so heartbroken. But I think it's because I have such amazing friends and amazing family. Yeah. And love, love never dies. Love never dies. It never dies. Never. And that's my favorite thing. Is it? My favorite thing is that, yeah, it's that, um, this has been the most devastating experience of my entire life. Of course. But it's been the most amazing experience. It's taught me that love lives past death. Wow. And and even by you wanting to come on this show, uh, it's you're able to pass on hope and things that are possible and just knowing that like this this is real. Mm-hmm. It's a gift for other and people. And the only reason hear. the only reason I was open to contacting you is because I've been getting all these signs that I had a random person come up to me in the bathroom at church and tell me, you have to share your story. She doesn't even know my story. Oh, really? You have to share your story. Yeah. And I mean, all the time. And so now I've learned to just stop and listen, Mm -hmm. absorb those signs and take it and run with it. Yeah. Cause they can come from strangers you just have to be open and pay attention. Yes. And I've had um, complete strangers um, contact me with messages from my daughter. Um, sometimes really? to the point where, yeah, where I've been a wreck. Like, I'm like, it hits me so hard that you know that it's true. Or when they contact me, I can feel like, okay, she visited this person before they even tell me their story. It's, wow. it's really amazing. How did yeah. they how do they visit the other people? How does she visit the other people? Um, one lady called me one day and when my daughter was little, she's such a sweetheart, we had an older lady coming up and down the road with her wheelchair, but she didn't have upper body strength, so she used her legs to push herself. And so my kids would, would push her home. We haven't seen her in ten years. And she contacted me and told me, you know, Caleb has been coming to me at night and she has messages for you. And I was like, what? Like, this is a stranger. And she was like, she really wanted you to know that things are going to be okay. You know, and, and to feel the warmth of her embrace. And so on the day before Mother's Day, I had my first real visitation from her dream. And I dreamt that she was at the end of my driveway. And she had her arms wide open. And she, you know, when it's a real visitation, right, they say you remember everything. Mm -hmm. She had her arms wide open and she's like, Mom, I'm home. And I wanted that hug so badly. And I woke up 
in tears because I thought I didn't get that hug. And when I went on Facebook, that lady had posted on top of my Facebook page at the exact time. And she wrote, do you feel the warmth of her embrace? Heavenly Father is always near. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that has really um, struck me is that all of my encounters with her has been documented, you know, so I can screenshot that picture. I have text messages. I have pictures. And, mm-hmm. and that, for me, being a skeptic, that was like, Mom, you need to start listening. You need to understand that I'm still here. We don't, we don't die. What is the picture that you sent me with her uh, eyes on another lady's body? So, so on August 20th, my husband was consumed and he hung himself. Oh. And um, something told me to go look for him. I was actually laying down to take a nap and it was 4.30 and for some reason I got up and something told me to look for him. So I went looking for him. I couldn't find him. Tried. We have a shed in the backyard and I was calling for him. The door was locked. So I got my kids. You know, I asked them if he left. Where was he at? They said he was still home, but he wasn't answering. Something convinced me to continue to look for him. It took me 20 minutes. I had to break in through a window and I got into the shed and he, he was dead. He was gray. He was cold. It was like the end of my world all over again. Of course. I, I tried to lift him. I tried to untie him. I couldn't get him down. I swear I saw my daughter there with him, but I thought it was my mind. Right. And my heart playing tricks on me. There's no physical way. But she was there. And something gave me the strength. I mean, he was he was gone. There was no pulse. Something gave me the strength to run into the house and get a knife and cut him down. And then I gave him CPR. And I brought him back. Um, the doctors told us that my husband was brain dead. He was documented in the emergency room as brain dead and asked me to donate his organs. Oh my gosh. But I believe and after everything, going through everything with Caleb, even more I believed. At that exact moment when he went into the hospital, there was a fire rainbow in the sky. And I've researched it after the fact. And a fire rainbow is something people only see once or twice in their lifetime. It's a vertical rainbow, vibrant colors to the sky. But there wasn't just one. There was two. And one of my friends had called me outside the emergency room and showed it to me and took pictures. The ICU nurses that worked on him took pictures. Something told them that day to take pictures. And... We waited. They wound up freezing his body in the morning at 5.30 in the morning, which is like 13 hours later. The doctor came and talked to me and he told me there's no hope. His pupils are pinpoint and non-reactive. He is brain dead and that we needed to make a decision. Um, his best friend called me and this, this guy was a wreck. And he told me, Court, I have to tell you, Nafo is going to be okay. And I was like, what? He said, I dreamt about him. And he was totally fine. And he said he just had to visit Caleb. He just went to visit her and he'll be back. He's going to be totally fine. And I told him, the doctor just told me there's no hope. This guy is in California. Mm -hmm. There's no hope. We have to make a decision. I'm gathering the family. Half an hour later, solar eclipse happens. And my husband wakes up and looks at every single person in the eye in the room. I was on his body. I'm not a religious person. I was on his body. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you for bringing him back to me. I didn't even know what he was going to be like at that point. He was on life support for four days. And he has made 150% recovery. We were released from the hospital 
Yep, 11 days after the incident. Wow. Um, they told me. <laughs> yeah, they That's told me that we needed to be absolute miracle. The doctor said that there is no medical reason at all. But they told me that we had to be medevaced. And so we were sent on this tiny little airplane, a six-year airplane over the ocean to another island. And I was so scared. Sandra, I was terrified. I told them they need to give me medicine. They need to knock me out. Mm -hmm. When we walked up to the airplane, there was an owl on the airplane. Oh. I went to sleep before I even took off. I was out cold. I felt so comforted. Sure. Um, he has no memory of the entire None. week, nothing at all, except for the fact that he saw my daughter, he saw himself hanging and he saw my daughter holding him up with tears in her eyes. He didn't even know that I thought I saw her. Yeah, it's, I mean, constantly um, proving, proving herself mm-hmm. that she's, she's still around. And thank goodness he doesn't have the memory of all of that. Unfortunately, you do, but you also have a great deal of hope and, and good signs and things. And also yeah, for I being mean, a I'm, father going through that, you can't imagine, or I, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine because I don't have children, but the pain of losing a child, like, you know, oh. and I truly believe, you know, everyone tells you, especially when you lose any loved one, Oh, there's a purpose. There's a reason. And you get so angry. Of course. That's my child. I don't want a reason. I want her here. Yes. And I truly believe that, you know, he was probably going down the wrong road for, for a while. And, Maybe her purpose was to help save him, help change this and turn it around. Maybe her spirit knew her life was going to be short when she chose us. Uh, Very possible. Very possible. You know, we can wear... Oh, no, it's just, it's interesting. You can either wear the hat of being a victim or you can put the hat on of seeing a spiritual perspective. Like, is there a reason or what have we learned or how is my soul growing? Mm -hmm. You know, but again, it's very difficult, especially when you're the the grieving parent. But um, when we take that other road of looking for that spiritual perspective, uh, sometimes that does bring comfort and answers. Yeah. So back to your story. To back that up, um, we actually found essays that she wrote when she was in the seventh grade about how she's the wind, you know, and how she's going to encompass us and she's always going to be around. And amazing essays for a 12-year-old to write, you know, that gave me indication that she, her spirit or her soul probably knew that. And that's what the mediums had told us um, time and time again is that. Her spirit knew her life was going to be short. But um, I asked for a sign. You know, I asked God, can you, or or whoever, you know, can you give me a sign that she's okay? And I've taken pictures of the sky and there's faces in the sky. And um, I mean, so, so comforting. Or I'll find an essay that she wrote. You know, we're asking why she chose New Mexico. Why did this happen? Did she miss us? We found all of her essays in a file that I was going to delete, you know, on a day that I needed it the most. Mm-hmm. It just showed up, these little gifts, you know. Yeah. How is your husband doing now? He is 150% better. Um, he would, like I said, on life support for four days, he wound up with full-blown pneumonia, um, released from the hospital 11 days later. And the only thing that was wrong with him was he had a gout attack. He had a sore elbow, and that was it. Wow. He was running around, went back to work the day after we came home. Um, totally really? Functional. Remember, yeah. Remembers everything back to, like, five years old. Really? Yep. 
which I'm so grateful because he's the keeper of all of my memories. I have horrible memories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do too. We've been together for so long. Yeah, he remembers everything. But not around the time of the not that incident. Week. When I told him, you know, initially I didn't want to tell him what he had done unless I had the correct doctors around. And so initially I told him he had pneumonia because he woke up and he was like, what happened? with tubes on his throat and everything. Yeah, and that was his thing. What happened? And he was freaking out. So I told him he had pneumonia. And when we went to the other hospital in the on the other island, I finally told him and he he got really upset. He was like, I would never do that to myself. I love my life. I have so much to live for. I love you guys. I would never do this. And, you know, very similar to my daughter, it was a spontaneous decision, you know, in a moment, you know, of grief. And a lot of people need to understand that with suicide, you know, it's not always like a full on depression with signs and messages or any of that. Sometimes we're human, we're human and the emotions get the best of us. I I don't know if you've heard my grief audio, but I talk about the one how to survive grief. I talk about when we're grieving, we lose a lot of our healthy brain chemicals, mm-hmm. and and our, our we can lose parts of our memory, and mm-hmm. we can behave really erratically. And it's like, you know, the like our car needs all kinds of oils and transmission fluid and power steering fluid and all these kind of things to run well these neurotransmitters that go through our humanity our bodies they're the things that keep us going but when we're grieving when we have such devastating loss we can lose a whole bunch of them and so we we're not behaving rationally and we don't even know it so grief is nothing you know, so many people are like, oh, well, you know, he's taken a month off from work because his wife died. He should be back by now. People have no idea really what grief is about. A lot of people don't and how long it can really take to get your chemistry back normal. So I can get it. And, and I had lost, I had lost my father and, and so I had gone through the grief, but it's so different. You know, when it's your own child or it's your own partner, everybody yes. grieves so differently. And the circumstances is so different from for every single person, you know, and, and people don't understand that sometimes. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a, you can really compare how bad the pain mm-hmm. is because it's all bad. But I can imagine and, you know, the, the, that a spouse or uh, or even more so, you know, your flesh and blood, your child, um, devastating, devastating. So all I and have even is when it's your compassion. Parent, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's, I know that from my father, I can't imagine a pain worse than that. I can't, Yeah. can't. And yeah, cause you know, when you really think about it, they are a part of us. We are a part of them. Correct. You know, and I never, my uncle just told me this the other night and he said, you have to remember She's half you, you know, you are tied to her forever because she's made of you. And same like us of our fathers, we're made of our fathers. We're always going to be tied to them. And that, you know, it's so important for people to remember it's just because they're not physically here. You know, there's still so much more that we don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're all made up of energy. Every human body is made up of energy and energy is proven. It does not die. It does not disappear. Mm -hmm. It continues to exist. We cannot get rid of energy. Wow. I mean, it's been so amazing. So we decided to go back to church and we hadn't gone to church. We weren't faithful in going to church and especially going back to our home church, because that's where they had our funeral. So it's really difficult for us to commit to that. Um, but family and friends, you know, kept asking us, please go. Let's try and help help my husband out. And so we decided to try a church, a Christian church here in town. And prior to going, I told my husband, babe, when you go to church, the preacher is going to say something that's going to hit you in your heart. 
that's what I hear happen. I never experienced it myself, but I told them that's what I hear happen. And so we go to a church, brand new church. We've never been in there. We don't know the priest. And the priest starts talking about suicide. And it hit me in my heart. And I'm standing there crying. And I was like, oh, I told him this was going to happen. I should have prepared myself, not just him. And I was there bawling. And Sandra, the priest, started to say, there's a family here in our town, lost their daughter to suicide in February. And last month, the wife came home and found her husband hanging. Thank God she got him to the hospital in time. Oh I dropped my, my jaw. Gosh. <laughs> right? I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, how did that just happen? <laughs> and my husband was like, babe, I think you need to go talk to the priest. And I was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I went up to him and I was like, um, Kahu, I was like, I just wanted to let you know, I'm that wife you were talking about in your sermon. And he was like, the wife and I was like the one you mentioned about her husband and he was like oh my god honey I am so happy to see you how's your husband doing is he out of the hospital is he okay and I'm like he's standing right there he's moving your furniture he's putting away the chairs and you know they say that sometimes they're whispering to you they whisper and whisper and whisper but sometimes it takes a shout for you to realize you know that this is really your life yes Yes. How's your relationship with your husband? You said the two of you listen to my show. <laughs> I think that's very cute. We do. We do. And, and actually, your show helps so much because, you know, Thank especially you. with all of these near-death experiences, and he doesn't know. And, and that's the first question every person has. What did you see? <laughs> what did you see when you went over there? And, you know, he said, hopefully, eventually, it'll come back. But our relationship, I mean, is is so amazing. I, I love this man so much. And when we go to his doctor's appointment, we have the same doctor for many years. And he was like, Court, it sounds like you guys are going on dates. Oh, <laughs> you so really sweet. like each other. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine, you know, when people get so angry and worked up in your relationship that you're like, I can imagine my life without this person. And I got to see what my life would be like without him. Mm-hmm. And it's not something I would ever want. I'm so grateful. And every night I'm telling him how grateful I am that we got a second chance. You know, I was just talking to someone earlier today about grief and about severe pain. And it is an opportunity to really find your path, your spiritual path. And, and maybe not like what you're going to do, but who you are and what life's about and what's important. Yeah. Um, and nothing can crack open the shell quite like grief. The most painful thing uh, can give us the greatest awakening to what's important. Yeah. And, and actually I just read a book about that. I read so many books, but in there she had one quote that really stood out to me. And she said that religion is for those who are scared of hell. But spirituality is for those who have already been there. Interesting. Yes. Can you say that again one more time? (laughs) Yeah. She said religion is for people who are scared of hell. And spirituality are for people who have already been there. Yeah, that's it. And I never thought about it that way. And when I saw that, I had to write it down. I had to ingrain it into myself because I've been there. And now I believe in things that I never even imagined was possible. You know, that spirituality has carried me. And now when I'm lost, you know, I know I can ask for guidance you know, and for help and, and it'll work, it'll work out the way that it's supposed to. Mm. Courtney, you sound so inspiring and you are, but I know it's only been a short time. It hasn't even been a year yet and only a few months with your husband. I can only assume there are good days and some not so good days. Um, And 
And I'm sending you a huge hug right now from across the country and across the ocean um, to you. Um, do you have any advice? Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, you've got me for the friend forever. Do you have any advice for someone who may be going through this right now? A loss of a child or... Um, uh, certainly, I think it's clear that anyone who loses someone to suicide, they are definitely greeted by warm, loving arms in the afterlife and, and being taken care of. Um, but any advice, just you to me, based on everything you say, you're, um, you're tapped in <laughs> spiritually. Uh, you're, you're knowing things and, um, and, you know, it'd be really interesting to see if, you know, how that opens up for you. But if you have another mother you're talking to right now, because um, you are, not me, but listeners right now, or father, what, what advice would you give for the good days, the not so good days, how to keep going forward? I think one of the biggest things that helped me go forward, and I've continued to do this with others, is to reach out. And so the first week that my daughter passed away, a mother reached out to me that I lost her child and it, it helped save me. And so now when I see other mothers that lost their children, I'm not afraid to reach out, you know, and, and any comfort is great comfort. You know, you take comfort in what you can get. And with suicide, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we didn't publicly acknowledge her suicide until until her birthday, until July. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people can make, families can make, because by not talking about it, it just makes it easier for the next person to do it. Right. You know, and suicide is something that needs to be talked about. You know, if I had talked about it in my home, who knows, maybe this wouldn't have happened to my child, you know, but communication and talking about it not only helps your soul, you know, dealing with the suicide of your own loved one, but it might help someone that is contemplating it or has gone through it with their loved ones. You know, and a lot of people are scared to talk, you know, and it's yes. so important. Um, the most important thing that I learned early on, and I'm so grateful that someone told me this, is to cry. It's so important to cry. The lady told me, just put on a sad movie and force yourself to cry if you have to. But your body, your spirit, and your soul really needs to cry. And so I would put on Caleb's slideshow, and I would just cry my heart out. And afterwards, I could function for a little while. So you just fake it until you make it. You know, and that's, and that's worked for me. I don't know if it works for everyone, but eventually that smile will come back without you even having to think about it. Wow, that's good advice. And it's, you know, never, we all want to avoid the pain. So we avoid looking at the pictures or the slideshows or, mm -hmm. or those reminders. But the only way to get to the other side of grief is to walk right through it. Yeah, I think when you try to avoid it, it just makes that road a lot longer and harder than it has to be. And it's always going to be long and hard. Yes. But why make it longer and harder? Yeah. They say what you resist persists. It'll show back up even mm -hmm. if you try to push it away. But I've never heard that about crying. But I have heard that the um, chemical makeup of tears, of grieving tears, are different than regular tears. So it wow. really is... Um, yeah, it, it, it totally. You know, it's it's not as easy of just saying you can turn it off. It's it's something. It's chemical in our bodies, and when we love someone, you know, the more we love, the more it hurts. You know, it's. Yeah, when she told me to put on the sad movie, I was like, "Are you crazy? I don't need a sad movie." Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I don't need a sad movie. They just come on their own, but it's really helped. I mean, and it's not just. It's not just the little tears. I mean, it's like a full-on ugly cry top session. But you need to get it out. You need to get it out. You stifle it. It, it has to go somewhere. Yeah, it does. You know, the grief has to go somewhere. And why not let it out and, you know, absorb it? Yeah. And then you're right. You can breathe for a little while. Mm -hmm. You can. 
Oh, so tell what's the story with the eyes in the picture? Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay, right. So I, I've eyes, loved everything you've shared, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so with the eyes, you know, I started into my husband's story. Um, the day after my husband was admitted into the hospital, so like three hours after he woke up, a lady contacted me through Facebook Messenger. Um, she and I were friends, not not really friends. We were acquaintances. Um, but she contacted me, and I knew instantly that my daughter had probably been around her. I could just feel it. So she was scared. She's messaging me, and she's like, I don't know if you believe. I don't know how you feel about this stuff, but let me just show you. And she sent me these pictures, and it's Snapchat. And on her body is my daughter's eyes. There was three pictures and a video. And she was like, Something is wrong with me. I've been feeling really weird this morning. How can I help you? She had no idea he was in the hospital. She didn't know. She just felt weird. And I told her, if you can, please come up to the hospital. We're in ICU. And very little hesitation, she came up. She brought a friend with her. And they could, Caleb has been visiting her. So that morning, it was Monday morning, my daughter had been going to her over and over again and telling her, please help my dad. And the lady was like, I don't know your dad. I can't help him. She's like, please help my dad. And for the last, my daughter just made nine months that she's been gone yesterday. Um, for the last nine months, I've been collecting healers. Like all of these people, you know, mediums or whatever you want to call them, have been contacting me and coming into my circle for some reason. And I didn't know why. And I truly believe that it was to help me deal with him because they all showed up at the hospital and any prayer is good prayer. And they were all there praying for him. I had strangers, people that I never met before, you know, showing up and asking if they can pray for him. And I, and I honestly believe that that's probably what helped him come back to me, especially full force. But um, yeah, my daughter had been going to her showing up in her pictures and she said she was so persistent and so a week after my husband came home we were in her town in that 80s town and she had just so happened walked by and she had to stop and she was so overcome with emotion you know hugging him and telling him how much his daughter loved him how persistent she was that she was always there and it was what he needed to hear you know he was so consumed that he forgets that the love is still there. Yes. You know, and it was what he needed to hear. And it was, it was so amazing. But she does that. She shows up in our snap and Snapchat pictures and videos. Um, I got voicemail from her. What do you um, mean? Two months after she passed away. How did that? Yeah, tell me, I don't tell me. know. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but, um, Every night when I'm done work, I call my husband. This was in April, so my daughter passed in February. I call him when I'm walking to the car, and he didn't answer the phone. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just wait. He called me right back, but when I answered the phone, there was no one there. So I thought maybe he butt-dialed me. Uh-huh. So I didn't think anything of it. I started driving, and I called him once more, and he answered. And I was like, hey, babe, I was like, why did you call me? You didn't say anything. And he was like, I didn't call you. I was in the shower. And I was like, I just got a phone call from you. And he was like, whatever. So I figured it was a mistake. At the same time we're talking, my voicemail goes off. And um, I just disregarded it. He was like, why are you listening to music when you're talking to me on the phone? I was like, you sent me voicemail. He said, I didn't call you. I was in the shower. I was like, no sense in arguing already. So I get home. It's already like 11 o'clock at night. And I started to have this immense pain through my body, all through my stomach and into my back. And I was sitting in the bathtub and I was crying out to God. And I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? Why am I in so much pain? By four o'clock in the morning, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to the emergency room and they did scans and I had a kidney stone. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I, was, I thought I was dying. But... So I go in the morning, I had a doctor's appointment to see my therapist and I get in there and he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. I say, okay, whatever. I'll wait. As I'm waiting for him, I notice that my voicemail was linking. So I say, okay, I'll just listen to it. It is one second long. One second. 
there's no way I played it. And it's my daughter's voice very clearly. And she said, what's wrong with you? And so my therapist walks back in the room. I am white. I am like yelling at my telephone. I was like, what in the world? And he's like, what? I said, my daughter left me a voicemail. He's like, what daughter? Caleb. He's like, how is that possible? I was like, you're the doctor. You need to tell me how this is possible. Because he's been going through the entire journey with me. So he, I think he's a believer for sure now. Mm-hmm. But um, I, what I did was I sent it off to all of her friends, all of my family. Maybe it's just my mind playing tricks on me. And they all confirmed that. They've heard her it voice, too. The, yeah. 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 And it came from my husband's phone. The number was from his phone. And While so he was in the shower, played, <laughs> the phone dialed your number and left a yeah. one minute or one second message. And it's very clear. Like very, very. I don't know how you can fit that message in one second. But it's very clear. Oh, it's so great. It's going to be, are you, well, first of all, are you writing all these things down? I have been for the most part, because I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with this. I know people keep telling me to share it. (laughs) You're going to write a book is what I think. Um, At some point, it's, (laughs) there's something about your journey and what's possible. And when the time is right, I no doubt your daughter will help you. And that's another thing too. People need to know that people come into your life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I never believed that. And I truly believe also that our family members and wherever they're at, they connect with each other and connect us to people that we need to meet. Yeah. You felt a pretty strong feeling about coming on the show. So... You know, I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. Um, And I can see why. I mean, these words are so important for so many reasons. I would say it was crazy. Like every time I see my therapist, this is so crazy. The craziest thing happened. I dreamt I had, I got a Jeep last week. I dreamt I got a Jeep and I told my husband, babe, I don't know. I had the weirdest dream. I got a Jeep. And he was like, that's crazy. You're not going to get a Jeep. And I was like, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Sandra, three hours later, I'm driving on the freeway. A rock hits my windshield. It's broken. My car insurance needs to get me a rental. And they pull up with a white Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. True story. Yeah. Keep (laughs) writing them down, okay? Will you do that? Even if it's yeah. on your phone or computer or however, because the yeah. the the time is going to come. I think that, and I think your um, channel, whatever you want to call it, is just going to be stronger with your knowing, because I think it's all really opened up your intuition as well, and yeah. there'll there'll be more and more. And I think um, the best gifts any of us can be is helping another human being and your daughter and yourself and your husband, your family is doing just that. And so there'll be more things happening and more things to share. And I just know for me, you know, you're opening up to a bunch of people right now, what kind of things are possible. They are possible. Yeah. Yeah. So much more. Than we could ever imagine. No, right. Right. And her will, your daughter's will, Caleb's will to be on earth. I mean, she is. She's just, she's doing the miraculous right now. And, and I think. So when I feel her energy, you know, I feel her energy constantly. And mm-hmm. when my husband was in the hospital, I could feel his energy. And I am by no means anyone that can feel energy. It's really strange for me. But when I felt her for so long, and I was like, Caleb, why did you have to do this? You could have just jumped on a plane and slept on my couch, you know? And now I just look at it as thank you so much for visiting me, and thank you so much for letting me know that you're still here. Mm-hmm. Right. Courtney, thank you so much for sharing your story. 
Thank you for having me. It's it's so amazing that I'm even doing this. Yeah, why not, right? You're doing all kinds of things. Why not? Yeah, it's not just you. It's your daughter as well. Mm-hmm. And um, in our Facebook group, the We Don't Die listeners, someone had just posted something about wanting to hear more about suicide. And yeah. um, are people judged and... Um, and all that stuff. So I'm really excited to air this mess, this interview as well and be able to share from your perspective and your experiences. So it's a, it's a huge gift. It's a huge gift. And I, I know there is nothing more painful than grief. And I know it, but I'm on a different path than you are, but I, you're clearly on a path now. And, uh, and, you know, just soak it up day by day, whatever happens. Um, but I believe in my heart and soul that um, all the stories you're gathering are going to continue to make a difference, that your intuition or whatever that is that we call it um, is just going to continue to grow in your relationship with your daughter and your husband. And how are your other girls doing? They're doing better. Um they were just like me. They couldn't believe. They thought mom was crazy. Uh-huh. They thought that they have to lock me up. But now that <laughs> now that they've experienced so much, you know, um, and seeing it for themselves, you know, I think that they really embrace it. And when they get they get their own visitations now from their sister, they get dreams once in a while, and they are just blooming and blossoming. Whenever they get that, they're like running down to me. Mom, she came to visit me last night. And, you know, I told them, we just have to embrace, you know, yes. embrace what we have. You can't be upset with what we don't have. We embrace it, but we do have. Yes. True. You know, and so they've been, you know, it's, you just have to take it every day at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, one day. Wisely said. And also for anyone right now, just don't take for granted that grief Oh, how do I even say this? There, there's so many aspects of grief that are out of our control as human beings, whether it's like we just spoke about on this show today about having these moments that you, you don't even remember taking some actions and, you know, your, your neurotransmitter levels are, are such, so depleted that whether it's loss of memory or strange, behaviors or you know so many different things um are impacted by by grief even some of the thoughts that go through your head uh i remember one guy sent me uh actually this guy looked me straight in the eyes who was going to end his own life and during in my grief audio i describe what a a grieving brain might say to you like what thoughts you might have he says you spoke exactly the thoughts that were in my mind and he said had you not done that he says i would have thought that that was me now i know it was grief talking and i chose not to kill myself you know so we can't you know our minds are so fragile and our bodies and everything but grief is uh nothing to play around with it's consuming it's it's horrible and, um, you know, and if you are someone experiencing really d- deep grief and deep pain, it does not hurt to see your physician and talk about it because there are, um, you know, there's, how do I say this? There's a level of grief that we all hit, but there's some people that hit uh, an amazing, like they really lose a lot of their neurotransmitters and uh, really get to a deep, 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 dark place, which I know a slight level of medications and things can help. So if you have any doubt, yeah. see a doctor, any doubt. Yeah. Uh, Courtney, are you available to be friends with people if they find you on Facebook? Can they message you? Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Great. Courtney Horn is all you need to type in, right? Yeah. Yeah, Thank you so much. You're welcome. Any closing words before we wrap up this episode? Um, Just remember, you know, that that love love lives past death. Yes, it does. We open ourselves up. We open ourselves up to it. They make themselves known. 
Yeah. Well, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being our guest today. Really, thank you. And for our listener, thank you for spending this hour with Courtney Horn and I. And I had mentioned that How to Survive Grief audio. If you want a free copy of that, uh, just go to wedontdieradio.com and it's there for you. Um, also, well, so many things there. All these past episodes are there. That you can join our Facebook group, which is We Don't Die Listeners. It's a great place for grief support and at talk of the afterlife and signs. Um, that afterlife symposium, you may have heard me talk about that. It, Courtney, that'd be great if you could come to that this year uh, in Scottsdale. I know. I was planning on it this year and had all this you want 2018 the dates are here uh, september 14th through 16th and it would just you know i you'd meet some great people well anyone will who goes there um but the website for that is afterlifesymposium.org i'm sure we'll meet face to face at some point whether it's there or somewhere else but i support you and will continue to uh, share your signs and things like that and um to your husband and to caleb and your other daughters just a real warm thank you and again uh listener right now you who's listening thank you for being here so in closing my name is sandra champlain and i am so honored that i get to be your host and share amazing people with you on we don't die radio and i do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important and if you get nothing else from this episode love never dies never Uh, and your loved ones are around you so i want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon (music) 